Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. My name is Delton. I will be your host today. Haley's going to be here too, but she's not here right now. I am recording before inputting all of the audio that we recorded on my phone at TokenCon here in Oklahoma City, or I guess south of us in Oklahoma City. But I wanted to chime in here before I put in all of our recordings. That way I can just let you know what's happening, why this episode is going to be a little bit different, and also just to make sure you're not caught completely off guard. So TokenCon 2023 uh, took place in Oklahoma City, just south off of I-40 near our airport. Uh, At the Embassy Suites Hotel, me and Haley took our Friday night, all of our Saturday, and our Sunday to go hang out at the convention. We had multiple events to do on Friday night. We had the, like, welcome to TokenCon introduction, introductory sort of ceremony panel thing. And then on Saturday, I participated in the flea market. Saturday night, we actually did a board game roast, which was kind of like a little... Uh, 20 minute, you know, comedy stand up segment where we roasted some board games and just made some jokes and uh, entertained the few people who attended. And at least we had fun doing it, which is what matters. And then on Sunday, which is uh, today, earlier today, we had Haley's psychology panel, which it was uh, she presented the psychology of rage quitting, which we've talked about on this show before. After she got done with that and we played some games and the con wrapped itself up, we had to stop and do some grocery shopping. Uh, We finally ate dinner tonight at about 9.30, and it's currently 10.36. I guess 9.30 is a... Yeah, it's about when we got dinner finished, prepared. It is now 10.36. I'm recording this, going to edit really quickly uh, my stuff, my recordings from the phone, and I will get this sent out. So thank you so much for being understanding as to why this episode is... Uh, delayed rather than being out at noon on Sunday. Since it was about TokenCon, I thought instead of pushing this episode two weeks out, let's go ahead and just delay it in the day. I can include all of our content that we record about TokenCon, and it'll just be easy to put out. So uh, first, I want to give a thank you to all of our Patreon patrons, especially those that give a amount of money that gets them here on the podcast. So thank you so much to Alan, Jennifer, and Cliff. You all are awesome. All of the other Patreon patrons are fantastic. Uh, We really, really appreciate the support. If you want to be like them, be sure to head to patreon.com slash malthousegames. Before I dive into the actual recordings that we had during TokenCon and things like that, I wanted to go ahead and just tell you the games that we did play because it's kind of all over the place in the recordings because sometimes I forgot what I already told you. So we actually only played five games, not including one game of Crokinole, at TokenCon. We played Brew from Pandasaurus, Vinhos Deluxe Edition from Eagle Griffin, Four Gardens from Korea Board Games, Espionage, which is a prototype from Absurdus Productions, a uh, small self-publisher here in Oklahoma City, and we played Endless Winter Paleo-Americans, and I was going to be absolutely ready with who that publishing company was. And now I'm finding myself doing what I do many episodes, which is hopping on my phone really quickly and Googling who the publisher is, because I do not remember. Um, Let me look here. It looks like it is published through a company under Asmodee that is called Fantasia Games or Fantasia Games. 
yes, yeah, so we got to play that as well. So those are the games we will talk about as well as the other panels we did and how they went and things like that. So I'm going to go ahead and let future Delton take over or past Delton. I guess I'll, I will let past Delton take over and along with Haley, of course, and we will tell you all about Token Con before, during, and after the events and our sessions at the con. Hello, we are here outside of Token Con day number one. Uh, we just pulled up and parked trying to get this phone to start recording correctly, but we are about to go in and check out the exhibitor hall for like 30 minutes or so, and then we are going to be hosting the opening ceremonies uh, tonight, which is just a quick, you know, 30 minute to an hour thing. But we're going to do that, and then hopefully we're going to play some games and check out some other stuff and talk to some people and just have a good time. And here we are, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, time of our Lord, 4.20 p.m. I'm sitting here in a car. I'm about to give my Malthouse Games session review of the Bella V Pure Aqua Wellness Immunity Sparking Water by Aldi America. It is a drink that smells like grapefruit, tastes like aspartame, but gives me 50% of my vitamin C because we're about to see a lot of people at TokenCon, make some friends, play some games, swap some manly stories, and in the morning I'm making waffles. Sounds good to me. Give that thing a drink. For me, it's way too much grapefruit. This is like a yuzu grapefruit citrusy thing. It's non-alcoholic, but you know what? It has, my, it has what I need for today. And about I am super excited. Like Dalton said, we are about to host the opening ceremonies for TokenCon. We were up until about 1130 last night, finishing up the PowerPoint slides, making them pretty. So that way we can have a organized event with hopefully some fun and some games, literally. Fun and games. Well, and games. let's get inside and check out the exhibit hall and get to cracking. Okay, we just finished the... Let the games begin. Welcome to Token Con panel. It was a fun time. We're about 35 minutes, I think, is all, uh, where we introduced some people, talked about some events, and just, uh, you know, had a good time. So what we did was, because Delta's not giving the full story. It's true. So we started off with a game of Left Right Dilemma, and so we got to know our graphic designer, one of the organizers, and Delton, and we had really great audience participation, which was really fun. Uh, we were also given a stack of games and a board game bag to give away, which was interesting and enjoyable as well. So everybody got who attended got to take part in the raffle, and we gave that away. We made some people's day. We had one person's day. Uh, really great, I think. Oh, for sure, winning that game bag. Yes. And then after that, we left it open for questions for Mike. This year, they're not having a closing ceremony. Correct. Which is different than last year. I guess last year, there was about 60 people who were waiting in the hallway trying to get in, which did not work out very well. Yeah, I could see that. This room could not hold that many people comfortably. But uh, there's a game called Alice is Missing. Uh, Delt, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, essentially, it's a silent RPG where everybody communicates via text message. So it's like the the one time that you want people to be on their phones at the table. Uh, supposedly, it's a very emotional, um, very like uh, heavy-topic role-playing game. Uh, shut up and sit down, have a review. I have not watched it fully yet, but they're running several sessions, and Gray that's running them was in here, and they talked about it. Uh, and it just seems like a really cool time. There's only one spot left, too. It's supposed to be really popular. I think so. I think people are interested in trying it, and I know that Shut Up and Sit Down, they have an effect on that. So, for sure. And I always love, so at the beginning, we talked a little bit about who we are, Malthouse Games, and I always love to tell the story of our first Gen Con whenever 
there was no line for the women's bathrooms. Every time mm-hmm. I went in, there were no other women, and I had to he- hold Delton's bag whenever he waited in line for the bathroom. So I always love telling that story. I'm really hoping to find an opportunity sometime this weekend to tell the story of how Delton's man bun saved his life. So I'm sure we continued. will. I'm sure we will at some point. But until then, we're going to go play some games. We'll see you guys later. Bye. We're home. We are home. Margie's breathing in my face. We are home now on the couch from the first day of Token Con, which technically started like 10 a.m. for them. But for us, it wasn't until, what was it, like 4.40 when we got in? About 4.40 or so, which did not officially start until we did, as we said, the opening ceremonies. That's very true. Which we did. Uh, I didn't realize myself that Token Con started so early this morning. And so we were going around the uh, exhibitor hall and I was talking to some of the vendors. And I was like, oh, we got to go get to our set. And they said, oh, what are you doing? I said, we're doing the opening ceremonies. And they're like, shouldn't that have happened like hours ago? And I was like, oh, I guess I guess so. But it turns out the party at Token Con does not start until Malt House Games arrives because we ushered in the official beginning of Token Con 2023. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, but we did that. We did the panel, as we kind of said a second ago. Um, and then what did we do after that? We checked out the board game library. And what did we get, Delty Poo? Uh, I grabbed Brew from Pandasaurus Games off the shelf to finally play. Tell the uh, people what they want. What's Brew? Tell us how to play it. So Brew is a dice placement game where essentially you're the beginning of a round. You have six dice. Four are in your color that are called forage dice. And two of them are uh, element dice, where it's either fire, wind, or water. You roll all of them on your turn, and then you're going to use your turn to place them, gaining resources to buy potions, uh, placing them onto forest cards to try to have majority as well as uh, gathering resources, and then also placing them to be able to train animals, which give you special... Uh, like ongoing abilities sometimes they have actual abilities one of them had uh, put a dice on this to gain uh, I want to say it was just two points and stuff like that and so uh, basically you're just trying to get the most points out of it it was a cute game Uh, the the artwork was adorable and the dice are really well made it's got a good production value and the gameplay itself was uh, nothing groundbreaking but it was fun I enjoyed it it was especially great because I won yeah Haley beat me as usual so that's fine yeah but that was actually the only game we played tonight. Part of that was tired. I had to work all day today. So did Haley working on stuff. And then we get off work and go there and then had to do the panel. And like my social meter uh, ran me dry for a second as well as not having enough food. Yes. So we round out the evening. We made a new friend, somebody who had came on his own. He's from Edmond as well and joined our opening ceremonies. And then we saw him out in the lobby. We ended up talking to him about IT and board games for probably a solid 45 minutes after that. A really yeah. nice guy. Hope to connect with him again tomorrow to play some games. And then, so tomorrow's Saturday. Yep. And then what we're about to do is have a big-ass bowl of macaroni and cheese, Price Delton's board games to sell tomorrow, and just have a great evening getting some inspiration for some comedy roasts. But yeah. until next time, and next time I mean like probably a second after this because Delton's going to splice all this together, yes. we'll talk to you then. Yeah. Hello, he says, sleepily sitting on his own couch. Hello, she says, caffeinated and motivated. And also sleepy. <laughs> also sleepy. We're ready to wrap up our Saturday. It has been a full day. I feel like we've lived three con days in just this day, and we still have a whole evening ahead of us. I mean, we've been up uh, almost 12 hours now. Yeah. And it's only 6 o'clock. 
We got up a little after six this morning and we started off by walking the march, having a good full breakfast and loading the car with how many games do you think we put in the car? My list of games, uh, it was a little over 50, and then we had- not including like Brian's set eight, eight, nine, something like that. Yes, so we had breakfast, I walked Marge, we loaded the car with about 50, 60 games, drove down to Oklahoma City, America, and wagged them all into the convention, because what did we do, Delty Poo? I participated, I say I, we participated in the uh, flea market. I had a bunch of games, I still do, that I've been trying to cull and get rid of, and instead of posting them onto Facebook Marketplace and whatnot, I was like, you know, we're doing the board game convention, they're having a flea market, let's just sign up, I'll hold on to them, make them take room in my floor, that's just fine. And then we'll just have them there at the flea market and I'll sell them. I'll price them to sell except for a couple. And, but still like accept offers, whatnot. And it went really well. It was very fun. There was a lot of people. Haley is a little salesperson. So she was standing up on a chair and hollering and not hollering, but you know, make us an offer and I'll make you a deal. And, make us an offer and I'll make you a deal. What else did I say? Delty poo. Uh, I don't Hi. know. You got it. We've one more catchphrase I had. Uh, I don't remember. All haggle and no hassle, my friends. There you go. That was something you said. <laughs> so she kept doing that, but uh, I sold a decent amount of stuff, which was nice. I got rid of, uh, we s- traded somebody Mansions of Madness First Edition for the little thing that like props up your board game off the table, kind of like a platform. I've looked at them before. Um, like a good camping board game table. Exactly. Or just, you know, could be useful in general. But uh, I, we traded somebody for that because I was I'm just trying to get rid of stuff. And that's something we'll actually use. Uh, but I sold like Arkham Horror, my old second edition and sold a bunch of just other small games and like Smash Up and some stuff for Brian. And it was really good. It was nice. Made a little bit of cash for my tattoo coming up. That way it's, um, you know, a little bit of extra extra cushion for my tattoo, which is going to be smaller. But that was really cool. It was just fun to sell and meet people and, you know, do it was a it was a good time. It's something that I wish we could do more often because it actually was just fun. We made some sales. We made some friends and just had a good time all in all. We did. We got done with the flea market and took the uh, all the games back out to the car, set for a second and refreshed because it was a bit of just, you know, a, a, a like a sprint. Everybody was moving. It was just a very hectic hour and a half. We uh, sat in the car for a little bit, boop, rally, went back inside, did what? We decided to play a game. Second game for the con. Day two, <laughs> yes. second game. <laughs> because all we played the first day, uh, which was really just an afternoon or an evening, really, was brew. And then today, uh, we decided to finally bust out and try Vinhos, which is a Vital Lacerda game about making wine in Portugal. And we sat down and I cracked the rule book and I read through the rule book and then I set the game up, which setting the game up took like 45 minutes. From the time we sat down to the time we had the game set up, it was about an hour and 45 minutes. And we played it in about an hour 15. And I really liked it, actually. I think it I enjoyed Kanban a lot when we played that, but I really enjoyed being host as well. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, OK, that's one I could see owning because I enjoyed it. It's a lot different of a winemaking game than viticulture, but it's also not just a worker placement game. It's it works differently. And I don't know, there was just something about it that I really, I, I liked. What is your opinion as the, the notorious Vital Lacerda hater? So I'm going to Vital assert myself here into this conversation and say that I'm still not the biggest Vital Lacerda board game fan. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, I did enjoy Vinhos. 
I don't think it replaces Viticulture for me, but Viticulture is one of my favorite games. Uh, but it also doesn't have to replace because the game style is completely different. It is completely different. But if you're going to give me two options, I still like Viticulture. Two options of a wine game? Of a wine game, yes. Uh, I did like the game. I also like that I won by a lot. You like nearly doubled, <laughs> nearly doubled my points. I'm really good at making wine, okay? That's why I always win at Viticulture, too. That's true. But I enjoyed the game. I have to say, you know, I'm still not the biggest fan of the Vitala Serta style, but I do think that this has been my favorite one that we've played. Yeah. Uh, it definitely looks a lot more complicated than what it was. Yes. And I feel like we didn't really touch on a lot that we could have in that game. There were definitely things that we didn't do, but I think part of that was trying to figure out just the main functionality of it, the main patterning, like what what is my goal and how should I approach it? And the game only runs through six rounds and you're only going to get 12 actions. The whole game. The entire game, that's it. You do 12 actual actions. And there are some things that can give you kind of a free action of it or give you a free benefit of one of the other actions, but you are only going to pick 12 actions. And so those picks are extremely important, but even with just 12 actions, it still felt like we did a lot in the game. It's still action-packed. It is action-packed. But yeah, I really liked it. I think that that's a Lacerda game that I would be happy owning because it's one that I was like, man, I'd like to play that again. And I would like to also see it with more players. I don't know that it would change drastically, but I think that it would uh, it would definitely add another layer. I should say we also played in that game. The original game is the 2010 and we played the newer version that has the 2010 rules and also what they called like the special vintage or something 2016, which is essentially adds a few things and simplifies a couple others to try to keep the same feel of the game, but make it flow a little bit better and make it a little better uh, to introduce people to. And I think that like, I don't know why I would approach like try to play the 2010 version because this version worked just fine. Why don't you tell them a little bit about what Bean Hills looks like? What do you mean looks like? Like, how do you play? Give us a rundown. Oh, I was like, it looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> it looks beautiful. So basically, Bean Hills is you have your own player board that contains five estates. Each estate has three areas where you can put a vineyard or a winery. And then it has an area in uh, underneath each of those three, like three together. So in each estate that is a warehouse and you can upgrade to a wine cellar. And uh, on the board, there is the, what did they call the piece in the center where you're doing your action selection? It was like a quadrangle, quadrangle. It was some weird term. Quadrilatangical. Yes, quadrilatangical. It's perfect. Um, But essentially there are 12, 12, nine action spaces. You have a little worker on them and you can move your worker and take an action. And you're going to do that action, whether it be, uh, building a vineyard in one of your estates or building a winery, or if you're going to hire a professional, or maybe you're going to hire a farmer or you're going to hire an enologist or anything like that. Each of these things, uh, basically the goal of the game is to have the most points. You get the most points through various things, but essentially it's through exporting wine and, Making attending your wine show. yes making your wine win at the the like fair you're basically submitting your wine to like a wine fair and you're trying to do the best you can and so essentially you're trying to boost these estates on your board your five different estates uh the more if you, you can have two vineyards in an estate or you and one winery or you can have two wineries and, and one vineyard but the more you have 
in an estate and the more if you have a vineyard and you put a farmer on it you get more quality to your wine and so that was something this game really emphasized was you could make wine very basically but the more you invest in that wine the higher quality it's going to be and that higher quality wine as it ages is not only more valuable for selling and it's not only more valuable for export but it's more valuable for the fair when you submit it and the higher value you submit for the fair whoever has the highest value total in the points for the fair is going to get the most amount of actual victory points at the end of uh, each of the fair seasons. So it's really interesting. There's a lot going on, it looks like, and there is a lot of intricacies to it and small things, but it was surprisingly simple compared to some of the other games of his we've played. But I I think it's definitely one worth checking out. Definitely. And I I won't forget, so at the very end, Delton and I were putting up the game. We're trying to rush because Delton had to go to his next tournament, which we'll, we'll get into. Uh, and we're putting up the game, and our the uh, TokenCon host, Paul, came over and was talking to us. And you know, I'm trying to put it together quickly, but you guys have probably seen my TikTok where I just want to like throw stuff in a box, and then Delton's taking his time. I was like, no, I better I better take my time with this game. And I folded up the board really hastily because Delton usually doesn't let me fold up the board, but I hold it up really hastily, and then I looked, and it was Paul's game. So I was really glad I took my time. <laughs> I mean, not that I wouldn't have. I would, I would not have personally distract, been disrupted to a game, but Delton had like two and a half seconds to get to his next uh, uh, event. Yes. And so, but we put it away nicely. We did, but we also got to talk to Paul about Vital Lacerda and the games that he likes and stuff like that, and uh, that was nice. But it was it was a fun game. I It makes me want to play Gallerist because uh, I hear Gallerist is really good, and it makes me want to try out uh, a couple of his other stuff. But I, I really liked that. I liked Vinhos a lot. I did too. And so thanks, Paul, for letting your game be in the library. Trusting yes, us. yes. After that, as Haley said, we went to a tournament. It was a Crokinole tournament. I have not touched, crutched, touched a crokinole board in two years. It was Gen Con 2021. Gen Con 2021 in Portland. And that was the last time I touched a crokinole board at all. And so I enter in this tournament and I get seated with the late arrival, uh, old country Western kind of man is my opinion. And, uh, he had questions on rules, but I think he was a shark. I he would he make really bad shots and then he would make really good shots. And I was like, I don't know if you're just inconsistent or if you're sharking me here, because what's happening? But uh, it, it, I, it, we started off tied and then I won and then he won. So we went down to one last game and uh, he ended up winning it. I made a, a couple shots where I was trying to put a little extra oomph on it and put too much oomph on it. And it didn't work out for me. And he ended up taking it, uh, which kicked me out of the tournament because they were not doing loser bracket. And the winner was winning a custom 2023 token con, uh, crokinole board, which is really fancy. And Mike said that, uh, they're going to try to do this every year and hope that the company will work with them again to make a board as a prize for it and stuff like that. And it was really neat, though. I mean, it was fun. I only got to play, you know, the one one round in the tournament, but I always enjoy that kind of stuff. And now it makes me want to play a lot more Crokinole and against Haley so I can win. Yeah. And I made friends. Yeah, you did. Always. <laughs> Anytime Delton leaves me by myself in a crowd of people, I'm going to come back with friends. And of course, I meet someone who works for the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. We connect. Turns out we went through the same program uh, or a similar uh, graduate program with the same professors and made a great connection, made new friends. We already got a, a game night planned. It's going to be dope. And all it took was like 
15 minutes of don't leave me to my own devices. It did not take long. <laughs> it did, not, it take did long. not take long, but that was good. We did all of that. And I mean, it took all day just to do that stuff. Cause you know, Vien host took us three hours to sit down, learn, set up and play. And then the tournament wasn't, we weren't there for super, not maybe an hour. Uh, but Anyway, we did all that stuff, and then we were like, all right, we need to go let the dog out, which Margie right now is just getting constant pets from us. We wanted to get some food in us because we hadn't eaten since breakfast, which was at, like, 7. I hurt my tooth today on a granola <laughs> bar. She tried to bite into a cliff bar that we didn't realize the package had, like, a hole in it. Oh, my God. Have you ever had a dehydrated cliff bar? Holy shit. It was that just a is, rock. That is the hardest thing I've ever felt. It cut my <laughs> diamond. It broke my diamond on my ring in half. Sure. It also broke my teeth and my face and my heart because I was really hungry. I know. I let you have a bite of mine. You should have just taken it. It was, I like, really, that was the, I, I can't, just experiment. If you ever have, like, an old expired Cliff Bar, don't waste a perfectly good one. Just cut a hole in it and let it sit for, like, a week. Experiment and see how hard that son of a buck gets. It was a rock. It was a rock. It was really a rock. It was crazy. And so we, I just had a handful of cashews and a bite of Delton's Cliff Bar. And so we just got us some Nabati. And we both ate mm -hmm. a lot of, well, I ate a lot of Nabati's uh, Mediterranean food. You ate pizza. I had five of the eight pieces of their buffalo pizza, buffalo chicken pizza. It, Nabati is an all-vegan Mediterranean place that also, also does pizzas. <laughs> and taco. And tacos. It's and kind of balls. <laughs> It's kind of strange, but it's all, like, surprisingly good and affordable. So we stopped on the way and just ordered to go because we were like, we were going to eat out at least once this weekend. Let's do it. And uh, so, yeah, we got that. We just got done eating. I am leaned over, puffed up, stuffed, ready to take a freaking nap. But we got to get back down to Token Con here before too long. Uh, tonight, we're planning on going down and probably just playing some games, relaxing and just enjoying the con because we've only played two games, which it stinks. But also, we've done so much and talked to so many people that it's still been a very, very fun time. Um, but tonight, we have our board game roast at, from 930 to 10 o'clock. I don't think it will go longer than that at all. And people are hopefully going to chime in about games that they hate. We've already met one guy. Uh, we were So whenever Delton was trading his Mansions of Madness game for that board game table, we mentioned we were camping, and he asked, are you campers or are you burners? And we said, no, we're not burners, but he's somebody Haley who Haley said no, and I said, because uh, I had no clue what a burner was. And I was like, is he asking if we smoke weed? Because that's a weird thing to just ask <laughs> in a crowd of people. Well, I mean, it's legal here, so, you know. Well, not recreationally. Not recreationally. But <laughs> he could have no, been a cop. He could have been a cop. Da, da, da. Uh, but uh, he said that he goes uh, to Burning Man festivals and events. And, you know, he said if we ever wanted to go to tag along with them, which that's always been on my bucket list. But he said he's going to come to our roast tonight and roast Betrayal and House on the Hill. And I said, I'm going to hold you to that. I need you to come and roast because Delton and I have about 10 minutes worth of material that I'm just going to start telling random stories, making direct eye contact with strangers until somebody else gets up there and starts talking. So to be continued. It might be 10 minutes worth of material. I don't know if we, if we have more than that. We might need to make more than that, but hopefully people participate and that will make it a much more fun time. We'll see how that goes. But right now it is 610. That starts at 930. So we've got several hours to at least go and find something light to play and hang out. Or maybe we can, if the hot games table, if, uh, what is it? Is it paleo? Is that the game? What is it? Paleo. The Endless winter. Endless winter. I really want to play endless winter. It looks really cool. Um, so maybe if some of those are open, we can go check that out. But yeah, we've just got that stuff coming up pretty quick. But we got to unload the games from the car, get out that little table I traded Mansions of Madness for, and 
probably put on some fresh deodorant, maybe brush my teeth, just kind of like do some things to freshen up to feel more awake. Like a human. I'm tired. (laughs) But also, I want to say thank you to everyone who listens. Like, I know we've made this joke before, but sometimes I, honest to God, do forget that people (laughs) actually listen to this podcast. I know. And I appreciate everybody who does. Because you said Will came up. Yes, Will came up, and then we had another guy who uh, was... Javier. Javier, I believe. Uh, and both of them said they like the podcast and listen to it. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. So thank you guys for listening. That really means a lot whenever you come up and talk to us about it, too. I'm always caught off guard. Delton and I have so much fun. Like, we just do this because we like to we do like it. it. And yeah. we like each other and we like to play games. So this has just been a passion product of ours. So it just makes it even more awesome that people actually enjoy it along with us. So thank you guys very much. Somebody thinks our opinions are, if not good, at least worth hearing. So Yes, at least good. something to make fun of. Yeah, something to make fun of for sure. Exactly. Well, hopefully people are laughing with us, not at us tonight yes. when we do our board game roast. This is the inaugural one, might be the first and last, so to be <laughs> continued. I'm sure you'll hear yep. about it in about 37 seconds. Exactly. I will say, uh, uh, I was going to throw this out there, the only thing I bought from the flea market was uh, somebody we know in the community and like Nick was selling some games, and we bought, it's the Japanese import so it's the Japanese language version, but from Oink Games, we grabbed Deep Sea Adventure because I've always wanted to pick it up. I want to expand my Oink Games collection. I like Deep Sea Adventure and I saw that he had it and it was the Japanese import and he gave it to me for 10 bucks and I was like, cool, solid. Sounds good to me because I've been wanting it. So that's the only game I bought. I'm going to point that out. I have not purchased anything because I'm trying to get specific things and I have to focus on those specific things or I will end up not ever having money for anything else. Trying to be a good kid. Trying to be a good kid. But yeah, so I think we need to get to the car and get that thing at least a little cleaned out and uh, get ready to go back down there. Thank you guys for listening and we'll be back in a few. See you in a minute. Hello and good morning. Good morning, my friends. We are coming to you live after a full night's sleep. 8.5 hours of pure bliss. It's the first time I've got more than six hours of sleep, more than six and a half uh, since the time change, like sunday a, a week ago a week ago so yes. i feel more rested than i have in a while yes you sound a little uh groggy like steve does though i got a little bit of like dr- allergy drainage it feels like but yeah it was good though we uh i know last time we spoke a few seconds ago for you but a whole you know 12 13 14 hours ago or for us whatever it was I know, um, we were heading back down to the con to go do our board game roast and stuff. So we got back down to the con and had enough time. Uh, we added a few things to the roast, polished it up. Haley got it all put into an easy uh, PowerPoint. like PowerPoint presentation, not for the people viewing, but for us to be able to have an easy, like, here's what we're doing right now. Next slide. Here's the next segment. Like, that makes it easy for us to uh, go through. She got that set up. Well, Dalton learned Four Seasons. We played a game called Four Seasons, which is from Korean Board Games, I think was the company. It's a beautiful game. It's a very cool game where there's a pagoda on the table. Pagoda has four sections. Each section is a resource, whether it be water, wood, grass, or stone. And you're basically building these landscape uh, cards. And you put the card down. It needs so many resources. You can use other cards um have a pagoda symbol on them with one of those four sections like highlighted and it means to rotate that section along with any above it and then you collect resources either from top to bottom or bottom to top on the pagoda and you can only have four resources at base so sometimes you'll get three water one grass 
when you really needed a water, two grass, and a stone. So then you've got to figure out how to dump them or how to use them for other uh, cards that are pieces of the landscapes. I don't know. It's really interesting, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's a nice, simple game, but it's very... Uh, it was very fun, but it's really, really pretty on the table. Multiple people stopped by and said, oh, that's cool. What's that? And it just has that table presence. And apparently it's also a very affordable game, but I haven't looked up the price myself. Yes, we met up again with Tom and Tom is the gentleman who we spoke to on Friday night and had some great discussions. And he showed us his copy of the game, which was all in Korean on Friday. Mm-hmm. And we were wandering around the board game library and Delton spotted it. It was another one of Paul's games. Hi, Paul. And it was incredibly fun to play. It was also awesome because I won again. I am still undefeated this con. You are still undefeated for our three games. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> bragging rights. I Like I said in the roast last night, I'm undefeated in Twilight Imperium 4. I never played it. I'm still undefeated. I'm going to keep on to that, that title. It's very true, and that works out for you, even and, though it makes me mad. Uh-huh. And speaking of roast, we had a pretty, pretty, it was a small turnout, but it was a good turnout. I'm I'm really happy with our roast. We had about seven or eight people there. Uh-huh. We commandeered the quiet room. Everybody was still playing quiet games. And we're like, all right, guys, it's about to get real loud in here. So uh, I went around to all the quiet game tables and I said, you know, be prepared for some crude jokes to put on your earmuffs, my friends, because we're about to roast some board games. And even though we had only about seven or eight people, we had a whole lot of fun. We had everybody laughing, which I was really grateful for. We did. There was a couple, like a couple specific jokes that uh, everybody laughed and we laughed and we thought it was good. It was, it made it feel, I don't know, it made it much easier once we realized people were willing to participate. Yes. And people did laugh with us, not at us, which was nice. Yes, it was good. But that was very fun. I, Uh, Me and Haley talked about we could definitely do that again next year if they want us to. And we could do the same thing and polish it up and add some more and actually make it uh, better. But this is the first time either one of us had ever done anything like that, trying to do what's essentially like a comedy stand-up sort of thing, but poking fun at board games. But uh, it was very fun, actually. We really enjoyed it. And afterward, we felt like it went really well. We sat and like kind of talked about it and talked about some different stuff. And then we just walked around the library. We didn't rent a game because we were tired. Steve, will you stop screaming while we're recording? Go away. And then we decided to, Steve, and then we decided to look around the library for a second, not get a game. And then I wanted to take a look at uh, Endless Winter that was set up at one of the hot games. And we weren't going to stay and play, but I got to look at the game at least. And I think we're going to probably play it today if there's time. Uh, since it's a hot game thing, they have people to teach it, so it runs a little bit quicker. Yes, we're going to try to play that. We're also going to play a game of Libertalia with our new friend Tom. Yep. And we're going to check out Absurdist Productions' new prototype. Yes, we got to go by. We have not been to the Indie Hall, which is where all the indie publishers here and the people designing their own games, that's where they're all set up. And we have not been back there yet. So we need to go today because, yes, Absurdist Productions uh, has a game that uh, we want to check out. And Will told Haley about yesterday when he bumped into her. Yes. Hi, Will. It's so good to see you. I, I felt bad. Uh, he came up and was talking to, to me and he said, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I said, oh, I appreciate that. And he said, yeah, I turned on my car the other day. I was just in the middle of you singing. And I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm <am> so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's bad for everyone. <laughs> but I'm really grateful for him listening to the podcast. I'm really grateful that he invited us to come play his game. We're really excited. We're looking forward to Paleo Vet. That should be hopefully fulfilled this year in time for Christmas. We can always take a few pictures of the prototypes because they have like yes. a, an active functioning 
I think it's like a pre-production copy where it's like, this is how it's probably going to look 100%, but maybe small tweaks. So we can take a photo of that, which is cool. Yeah, so we're really excited to check that out. But that's kind of what we have planned for today. I'm going to make some biscuits and gravy, polish up my psychology of wage quitting slides, and then we're going to have a grand old time. It'll be good. We're, we were going to edit the podcast with everything we could and get it done this and go ahead and get it out by noon like I always do. However, since this podcast is going to be about the con and we still have you know, almost a whole day of con today, then I think we are delaying it as you can probably hear when you get this. So hopefully that was okay with you, but we wanted to make sure if we're doing it about the con to just include everything we've done. All the content. All the content. Yes. But I think that's it for the moment. Haley's going to work on breakfast. Uh, We're going to eat breakfast, get around and then head down to the con and start the final day. So I'm sure you'll hear more from us in like two seconds. Okay. Bye. Hello, we have made it back into the car here at the end of Token Con. This is recording part two. It is because I found out when my phone is connected to the Bluetooth of my car, it does not uh, allow this recording to continue going for more than like 10 seconds. So we might have rehearsed this section. We, we kind of rehearsed this section, but that's fine, annoyingly, but it's okay. Anyway, we got to Token Con. And we went in, and the first thing we did was go to the Indie Hall, where all the indie game designers, all local but one group, uh, were showcasing their games, whether they be prototypes or ideas or games that are in production right now. We finally got to uh, see the full production copy of Paleovet from Absurdist Productions, which was super exciting. Yes, the game looks magnificent. Uh, Production copy was good, and we loved it when we played it, and we're very excited to get that. Yes. Uh, We also got to see a couple of their prototypes. So we got to talk to Will and to David for a bit. Uh, David showed us his prototype, which is the working title is called Espionage. Don't you want to tell him what that's about? Espionage is a two-player hidden movement game where you're both doing hidden movement and you're both tracking your opponent. Essentially, your player boards and the board in the center are split into two sections So on one of them, you're watching your opponent's guard, and on one of them, you're looking at your resources, and vice versa for the opponent. And it's all about completing missions faster than the other and trying to capture them to hinder their progress. Uh, It was a very fun little two-player game. Uh, I think it took us about 42 minutes or so, but we really liked it, and I'm I'm excited to see how they go once he starts getting uh, art direction and stuff like that put into place. Yes, and on top of that, they also have another prototype called Winter Rabbit, which uh, apparently, from what David said, incorporates a lot of Cherokee folklore and stories, and that the company is really working with uh, tribal elders in order to make sure everything is accurate and respectful and overall awesome. So we're really looking forward to that. We talked to Will about possibly doing a demonstration of that here in a few weeks, so to be continued. Yes, excited to see that, uh, to act, to play that, since I've seen the prototype. That's going to be really cool. And I just love the idea. Um, one of the things they said is that it was, you're trying to out-nice everybody. Yes. Which is cool. As I, I, I guess if enough food isn't gathered, everybody loses, but it's the nicest person who contributes the most who wins, right? Something along those lines. Yes. I don't remember the details since we didn't get to play it. We just got the little like pitch while others were playing and stuff. But yes, excited to try it out and see how that all goes, because it looked really interesting and sounded cool. Absolutely. Yep. And after we got done visiting with them and playing espionage and stuff, uh, we had Haley's panel, 
yes, I did my psychology of rage quitting presentation, which I've done at Gen Con and other places before. I really enjoyed that. We had a small group, but we had a lot of good discussion. Everybody asked questions and had some follow-up. So I really enjoyed that. So anybody who wants me to come talk about the psychology of rage quitting, let me know. I love to hear myself speak, which is why I have a podcast and why I like to do this presentation. But also I find it's a lot of fun. It was. It was a good presentation. After we finished that, we went into the gaming hall and sat down at the Hot Games booth to play, I already forgot, Endless Endless Winter. Winter. Paleo-Americans. Yes, we got to play Endless Winter, which was a Kickstarter game, uh, illustrated by The Miko, which I believe his name is uh, Mihalo Dimitrevsky, but I could be wrong. I need to Google that. Uh, But anyway, The Miko is what it's usually labeled as. He's the same person who did all of the art for the uh north sea series from garp hill games and the you know what is it it's the west there was west kingdom and then eastern something maybe is the next one anyway beautiful artwork in endless winter um but it was a game that was an amalgamation of a tons uh, of a lot of different and tons of different mechanics there was deck building there was basically worker placement. Tile placement. There was some little like tile placement sort of thing. There's area some control. Area control. There's set some collection. set collection. It's all this stuff put together, but it all worked thematically as to why you were doing it. Yes. And I do have to say the game does have a lot of scoring mechanics that are based on people dying in the game, like you letting some of your characters die or killing animals. And I just want to say, I went the entire game vegan. I did not kill a single animal or let a single person die. And I only lost by two points. You did only lose by two points. One of the things that I like uh, that it did is in your deck building, the good cards, I said the good cards, the good tribes people that you can buy to put in your deck, they're not only worth a point, but they have an action on them for when you utilize their resource of like handiness. And they have another action though. If you don't play them on your turn, they are able to contribute during what's called the eclipse phase. So after you do a round, uh, a round of three actions, you do an eclipse phase, and in that eclipse phase, if you have cards left in hand, you can either keep them in hand for the next round, or you can contribute them to the eclipse phase where you use a special action on them. And it was really neat to, there was like one of them where I think I had four or five, I think it was five cards I contributed, and it was just a bunch of stuff I got to do, but then I just drew up the normal size hand, and I could have had like a really great turn of actions, but instead I wanted those bonuses from the eclipse phase. Um, But it's really interesting. It was definitely a fun game. It definitely was. And so we had a lot of fun. I do have to say, Delton did actually beat me in a game. He beat me at Espionage. Yes, I did. Congratulations. Gosh darn it. (laughs) But we had a lot of fun. I think this Token Con, you know, though we only played five games the entire time, one, they were pretty long games. Like there was like, for example, Dinos. We sat there from learn to finish about three hours. So we played some good, some long games, some hot games in our area. Uh, but I think what really made this fun was being able to do these panels, have this engagement. You know, Delton and I really like to, you know, be involved with the community and, and meet folks and play games with fun new people. So we really appreciate being able to do that. So thank you to Paul and Mike for the passes. And thank you for the opportunity to let us come and present. And y'all, next year, please come find us at TokenCon. We had a lot of fun. Hope to meet you at the next one. Absolutely. Hey everyone, this is Delton after our TokenCon videos. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to episode number 140 of the Malthouse Games podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed our uh, just different conversations and things about the convention, about the games we played, the panels we had, the people we met, uh, and the other things that we did. We had a great time at TokenCon. I think definitely this is the best year yet as our third year of TokenCon. 
Uh, we had to miss their third year. This is the fourth convention, so we've hit three out of four, and uh, it has definitely improved and improved and improved every single time, and it was just a very fun time, so we really, really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you again to Paul and Mike for allowing us to come and present and do all that kind of stuff along with the badges, and it was just a good time. So hopefully you guys can check out some local conventions of your own, maybe here in Oklahoma next year, maybe in your home city, in your state where you're living, then the state next over. There's all kinds of board game conventions, and the small ones really are a good time. Uh, if you want to reach out to us at all in any way, comments, questions, concerns, game to cover, topic to discuss, question to answer, beer we should look out for, or other drink we should look out for, be sure to head to any social media platform and you can find us at Malthouse Games. You can also send us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. Be sure to head to shop.malthousegames.com if you want a shirt or something else with our logo on it. Other than that, you can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-L-Y-G-E-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. I do not want to do it as fast as she does because I know it is something you cannot it's incomprehensible i think that's the correct word whenever she does it but thank you so much for tuning in and listening until next time sit back relax grab a drink and play some games we'll see you folks later